Welcome back to The Author Biz. I'm Stephen Campbell, and this is the show where we deliver the information you need to build a thriving and sustainable business as an author. In today's episode, we'll be digging into the reasons why thriller author Christy Belcamino is pulling her indie-published books from KDP Select and going wide. But before we get to Christy, if you're a longtime listener of the show, thank you. It's been way too long since I've recorded an episode of The Author Biz, and I'm thrilled that you're still subscribed to the podcast. At the 20 Books Vegas conference last year, I think it was in November, I recorded a batch of interviews that I expected to see the show through to the end of the year. I thought those episodes would give me a nice three or four week break and just sort of revitalize me and get me excited about doing the podcast going into 2018. Well, it did give me that break, but when the first of the year came, I still wasn't quite ready to dive back into producing the show on a regular basis. My schedule had reached the point where there wasn't enough time in the day to plan and record and edit and produce the shows in the way that I'd been doing them for the past few years. And so I just continued the break while I tried to consider different options for streamlining the production of the show. I think it was around the 1st of February, and that's like two months of not having recorded a show. And I couldn't help but think that maybe there were enough podcasts out there covering the topics that we cover on the Author Biz and that maybe it's time to ride off into the podcast sunset. Then a few weeks later, my curiosity kicked in and I saw some things that I wanted to know a little bit more about. I had questions that I wanted answered and I figured that if I had questions, you guys might have them as well. So I started making plans to bring the show back. And then I got one of those, doing air quotes with my fingers now, oh crap, calls from the doctor. I realized that for the next several weeks, I wasn't going to be able to commit to anything, so I didn't. And I shelved the idea of returning to the show at that time. What I did instead was to tick off a couple of bucket list items and try not to obsess about what might be coming down the pike. Up to that point, I'd been blessed with nearly perfect health and the possibility of a serious health issue, the kind that many of you have already dealt with, either on your own or with your family, was really sort of a game changer for me. So fast forward several weeks and uh, a few few hours in surgery and some test results, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm told by the doctors that uh, all the nastiness is gone and I should be fine. So phew right? Prayers answered and life can go back to normal, but normal is a little bit different now. So that takes us to about two weeks ago when I spent a few days thinking about how I wanted to spend the next few years. And I realized how important this show and the relationships I'd built with so many of you guys out there were to me. But I also knew that relaunching the show without a plan for it being sustainable was not a great idea. So I searched for someone to help and discovered that a young friend, someone who lives just a few miles from me in Naples and is in the process of writing her first novel, was not only interested in helping, 
and needed some money. Uh, she also was interested in learning more about the business of writing. So this young lady will help me to produce and edit the shows. And if things go the way I hope they will, she'll be able to help in some other areas as well, which would be terrific. So then I started thinking about maybe changing the format of the show, something a little bit shorter, something a little bit more targeted, maybe throw in seasons to give myself a scheduled break. Uh, but I decided, what the heck, I like the freeform nature of the way we do this show, and I think you guys like that as well. So it's not changing in, in terms of the structure of the show or the length or anything like that. It's going to be the usual 30 minutes to way too long, depending on, depending on the guest. So here we are again. Uh, one thing that's changed is the shows will be coming on Wednesdays instead of Mondays, and there will be a little bit more of a focus on balance and sustainability than some past episodes. Okay, let's get back into this. Enough about me in the last few months. This show's about you and exploring the myriad of issues that can help you build and run a successful author business. And that brings us all the way back to the 20 Books Conference in Las Vegas last year. And the books that I read on the way to and from the conference. Before I left, I picked up the first book in a very new crime series by Christy Belcamino, who I'd had the opportunity to interview a couple of years ago on crimefiction.fm. And the first book in her new series was called Gia, is called Gia and the City of the Dead. I read the book on the way out to Las Vegas, loved it. When I reached the end and saw that there was a second book available, I grabbed it and had it ready for the flight back. When I got back from the conference, I'd finished the second book and realized the third book wasn't out yet, so I connected with Christy to let her know how much I enjoyed the book, and she was kind enough to send me a beta copy of the third book. And we also discussed the way she was releasing the book. She was doing the rapid release thing with her series, and I was curious how it would work for her. I, it's something that I keep an eye on in the mystery and thriller genres. Is, is anybody doing rapid release in a way that's, that's obviously working? And that brings us full circle to today's show. In this chat with Christy, we'll find out exactly how the rapid release process worked for the Gia Santella series. We'll discuss the way a successful BookBub ad caused Amazon to assume she was doing something untoward in marketing her books and what the resulting rank stripping may have done to affect her sales momentum. We'll also get into some other topics, which include her decision to continue an earlier traditionally published series as an indie author, her transition from traditional to indie, and really a lot more in this welcome back episode of the podcast, which begins with me asking Christy why she's made the decision to move away from KDP Select and to go wide. So when I first decided to to self-publish, I read and, and researched that being in uh, Kindle Unlimited exclusive to Amazon was a good way to go to start out of the gate. Um, it seemed like a lot of people were having success in that area. And so I thought, well, I'll give it a try and we'll do the, you know, 90 days and then you can change your mind. And, mm -hmm. um, it, it start, it seemed like it was going to be okay, but then there was a little bit of a wrench thrown into my, my plans. Uh, my first book that I self-published as fiction was, uh, blessed are the peacemakers. And it was the fifth book in my 
uh, traditionally published series, um, the Gabriella Giovanni mystery series. And that's a whole different story, which I hope we get into today. Sure. Yeah. No, I'd like to as well. So I, uh, thought it was doing pretty good. I was actually very, very happy with the success, but then shortly after I got a book bub for it too, like right out of the gate, which was exciting. And shortly after the book bub ad ran, I was doing something and I noticed that, uh, my book no longer had ranking and I thought, well, that's kind of weird. And I wasn't really sure how important ranking was at the time. I was sort of new to this, you know, the whole self-publishing business and, and educating myself about it. But I thought, well, that's strange. So I emailed KDP and uh, had many, many different email conversations back and forth. And after about a couple of weeks, they said, oh, yeah, uh, we took away your ranking, which is called rank stripped or, you know, stripped your ranking because we... Uh, think that you're doing something untoward, basically that I was manipulating sales or something. So of course I was outraged. I always thought, well, even if I, you know, I don't even know how to do that if I wanted to, like, I have no clue if I even wanted to do that, how to even go about it. And so I ended up getting into a really long drawn out conversation is the nice way to put it with the folks at KDP. It was really hard to get somebody on the horn. And finally, my rank was restored and without much explanation. But meanwhile, I had lost a lot of traction. And and what's, what was the time period from first contact to rank restored? I believe it was only a couple of weeks. However, I don't know how long my rank had been stripped because I wasn't checking it every day. When I noticed it, it, it there was a possibility it had been stripped for a couple weeks at that point. I have no idea. Hmm. You know, I just noticed it one day out of the blue. So then it was restored and there was really no explanation for it. And I thought, well, that was weird. And I lost a lot of traction and, and maybe that really hurt my uh, career in self-publishing with that book. But I have this whole new series that I'm putting out and we'll just concentrate on that. So then in, oh, and then I, I had emailed a person from um, Amazon and said, oh, by the way, thank you for fixing this. But if it was connected to the BookBub ad uh, boosting my ranking, I wanted to let you know that I have another BookBub ad running and here's the date and here's the book. So I hope that you can possibly you know, flag my account and say, hey, if her ranking spikes, um, this is why, and I should back up and say that I basically was caught up in a big sweep by Amazon to go after scammers, mm-hmm. which I approve of. I approve of the sweep going after the people who are who are scamming the system. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I just don't approve of the appeal process if you accidentally get scooped up by the bots. It's a very, very difficult process mm-hmm. um, to even get a live person on the phone. So I was starting to get a little bit skeptical about being all in with Amazon because one of the emails that they sent was, hey, if we decide you are scamming the system and you can't argue your case, then you can basically be be dumped. Like your KDP account will be closed, which means that um, I would no longer be able to sell my books on Amazon. So my career as a self-published author, would pretty much tank right out the gate. So I was terrified. Uh, I got a li- I was a little bit relieved when they sorted this out, and I thought, okay, that was just a fluke, a weird thing. And then I told them I had another book bub, and they sort of sent me a generic, like, yeah, whatever, just don't. I- it was a weird, um, like a bot response. Mm-hmm. So then my <laughs> my second book bub ran, and immediately that book had the ranking stripped. Oh. So then I thought, you've got to be kidding. Like, how could this happen to me? So 
I was lucky enough, thank goodness, I was in touch with this wonderful Irish blogger named David Gogger, and he also writes wonderful books on on just being a self-published writer. And so I told David, I said, uh, it happened to me again. So he basically wrote a blog post that said, you know, Amazon's messing with Christy Bell Camino. And the thing went viral. It just went crazy. And my phone rang and it was a woman from Jeff Bezos office. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's how, that's how powerful his blog post was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she said, we are so sorry. We don't know what's happening. We apologize. We know you did not do anything wrong. We will get this fixed as soon as we can. I'll be in touch with you. Here's my phone number. And this is after, you know, I'd spent 10 hours total back and forth trying to reach a live person. So I was so excited. Wow. Somebody actually called me and she's going to handle this. And they did. But meanwhile, I lost a lot of traction and momentum that I should have probably received with that book getting out there. So at that point, I was fairly suspicious about staying in Kindle Select or Kindle Unlimited because they held basically that they, they were in charge of my career at that point. Because if they dumped me, then what was I going to do? That was all I had. So I started thinking, well, I probably should put my eggs in a different basket, you know, spread it out. What's the time frame here? So this was probably from about October to January, all this was going on. Okay. So I'd released, I think at that point, maybe three of the books in the new series and they were all in KU. And so I was starting to think, well, it's probably not going to happen to me again, but I'm really wary and leery of, of this now. And, uh, everybody said, yep, that's why, that's why you want to go wide. That's why you want to have your books out as, you know, as in many places as possible. And so it was that, but also I was not gaining traction in Kindle Unlimited. Some people have a have, are very successful. I was not for whatever reason. I have no idea. Um, it could be anything. Uh, well, let me I let could, me jump in here, and I, I will yeah, have said this in the intro, but I want to say it again here for people who skip the intro and just get right to the interview. I've yeah. read the books that we're talking about here, and they're fantastic. I am like a one of your biggest fans for the oh. G.S. Antella crime thriller series, and I I cannot wait for each new book to come out. So it's not the books, it's not the covers, it's something. <laughs> but Well, thank you because I that's what I was kind of getting at. I don't know, like maybe I think they're good and maybe I think the covers are fine or you know, I just don't know. So mm-hmm. I have been questioning that, so I appreciate thank you for saying that. But for whatever reason they 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 have not they did not get traction on KU. So mm-hmm. They're not doing well. Now, do you I'm think, even, because you talk to a lot of people, do you think mm-hmm. this is a genre thing or just unlucky or what? what what's your theory? <laughs> I don't really have one, but what I'm trying to do, and I, and I don't even, I hope this is the right thing to do. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, I, I'm so new to this self-publishing process that I'm trying to emulate the people that I think are closest the, the authors who have books closest to my type of books. And so I've been really studying them and everything they do. And one of them is, um, I'm lucky I'm going to be writing in her Kindle worlds, but it's Emily Kimmelman. And she has a character in a, in a books and I, I read them and I thought, oh my gosh, this is the closest that I've seen to the kind of books that I write. And I, you know, I was very, very excited about that. So I see what Emily's doing. I see what, uh, Russell Blake is doing. I, and I see, um, I think there's, I think D.V. Burkham is a little bit like my book. So anyway, mm-hmm. 
they're all, and I looked at what they do. They, most of them are wide. So that's the other thing. I look at the mystery writers that are maybe clo- closest to me um, in genre or, or compare, you know, I can compare myself to, mm-hmm. and they are doing well wide. So that was the third thing. So it was basically, I'm really leery of, of KU just like deciding that I'm a bad person again, even though I've been apologized to personally, I just feel like I can't, you know, I just can't trust them. Um, two, I just wasn't getting traction in, in Kindle Unlimited. If I was making a lot of money and getting traction, that might sway me to stay. Um, and three, the people that I'm emulating, the people that I see very successful and that I am hoping to be like one day are all wide. So that's the long drawn out three pronged answer to why I'm taking it wide. All right. And l- let me, let's throw out a couple of other things because one of the things that we hear over and over again is that if you're going to self publish, you need to publish a number of books pretty quickly. What was, what's the release cycle in the GS series from book one to book? I think book five is coming out in a week. It's coming out mm-hmm. on April 26th. Right. So uh, again, I'm studying what other people are doing and I'm taking different bits of advice. And so I thought rapid release is the way to go mm-hmm. once a month, because then you're keeping that Amazon algorithm, uh, moving, you're keeping the momentum going. So I basically have been putting out a book a month. It hasn't worked. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm, I've been, I've been working the hardest I've ever worked in my life. It hasn't worked. Now that didn't give me any traction to do it once a month. Um, and so I don't know. I think for 2019, I'm probably going to do, I'm probably going to do every two months or maybe every three months, maybe every two months I'll do, I'll write a book. But yeah, I thought, well, I'm doing what this seems to work for a lot of people. I'm going to give it a shot. And uh, no. So did you, I, I, did you see ahead. this work for anybody who writes in, in, who writes book like books like yours? Because I'm I'm constantly yeah. on the lookout for things, and I was so excited when I read the first Gia book, and it's like, oh, there's another one coming in a couple of weeks, and this is going to be fantastic because Christie's doing what I think you should be doing, and this is it's going to blow up and it's going to be amazing, and I kept watching, and it's like, what is going on here? Right, right. So have and you, you know, seen it be successful in in uh, your genres? I think. I'd have to I'd have to look a little bit closer, but I think the only one I can think about who's I sort of consider my my drilled down subgenre is vigilante justice. It's mm-hmm. sort of the the vigilante assassin woman, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and Russell Blake, he might be a book a month. He's the only one I can think of because if I look at other women, I look at like Toby Neal is I, I really admire her. Um, and she was recently speaking about how they did a she did a rapid release and it didn't work and that she thinks it should be spread out for our genre. And I thought, well, crap, I wish she would have told me that a couple months ago. <laughs> I wish I would have heard this podcast a couple months ago. And uh, and then I look at um, same with Emily Kimmelman, uh, some of, you know, some of the authors I really admire and emulate. And oh, you know who I uh, who I really like a lot. Um, I'm not sure we're exactly drilled down to the same subgenre, but, you know, him pretty well is is A.C. Fuller. Yeah. AC Fuller isn't, he's not every month, you know? So, so, I mean, we're a little bit different. I'm not sure we would be, we have some, some overlap, but we're, we're fairly different writers, mm-hmm. but, um, but anyway, no. So I don't know anyone who is, is having success with the once a month thing. And it, so I feel like this whole self publishing thing is 
is a lot of experimentation. It's like, yeah, that can work. Let's try this now. So, And that's what makes, that's why I was so glad that you were willing to come onto the show because you're not coming on and saying, hey, I did this and it was a fantastic, huge (laughs) success. You're saying, hey, I did what I thought I should do and what everyone said I should do and it didn't work. Am and, I your cautionary tale? <laughs> no, no. You're, I, there, the problem is there are tens of thousands of people out there that, are, that feel like there's only one way to do this. Right. And right. it's not true. And that's one thing I've learned. It's, it's so difficult when you're studying. It's not difficult. It's overwhelming when you're studying how to become a self-published author, how to become an authorpreneur. And there's so many different avenues you can take. There's so many different ways to do it. And there's, there's not a guaranteed path to success. Just like when you're in traditional publishing, if they knew what sold books and everybody that, a you know, every book a publisher put out would be a bestseller. So I don't know. All right. Let's, let's go back in time a little bit. I first okay. met you digitally, like we're talking now over Skype right. a right. couple of years ago. And we were talking about the Gabriella Giovanni mystery series. I think at that time you had published the third book, second or third book. And okay. I really liked that series. And so that was for a crime fiction.fm thing. And at that time you were traditionally published. That series was traditionally published. Mm-hmm. And what I find fascinating and, and maybe instructive for people out there is that I think the first three, maybe four books were traditionally published. And then you kept the series going um, on a self-published basis. Right. Yeah. Um, so basically what happened was that, that, Harper dumped me. They dumped my series. They, the sales weren't good enough. Mm -hmm. Um, I had four books out and two of the four sold 10,000 copies each digitally, which you think like, Oh, that's okay. That's not good enough. So Mm -hmm. they, they, they said, we just, it's just not good enough to continue the series. You know, we like you, but sorry. And so I was very, very fortunate to have a, a, I probably, I guess, a small group of Fervent fans, because if it was a large group, I would have had more sales, who kept asking for the fifth book. So I wrote the fifth book, and I wasn't really sure what to do with it. I was My agent told me that it's very rare that any publishing company, especially a big five, mm-hmm. will, it will pick up a series when it's been dumped. They're just not going to do it. And then there's probably a couple small presses I've heard that that might do that. But meanwhile, I thought, well, you know, I keep getting emails and comments like when we really want the fifth book in that series. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to do it myself. Then I'll just put it out because I don't think any publisher will buy it. And I'm just going to give it a shot. And um, it was really fun because I had complete control for the first time. Um, I've had some issues with the traditionally published ones where I still to this day hate two of the covers. <laughs> I actually, <laughs> those covers, <laughs> they're, they're, they're not, they're, those, those covers uh, are not great. Well, and it's funny because they, I, they were the subject of a blog post. I'm going to take a super quick tangent here. They were mm-hmm. the subject of a, of a reviewer's blog post about judging a book by its cover. And he said, he, would not read my books for months, maybe years because the covers were so bad. And then finally someone talked him into reading them and he liked them. But, um, but I've begged, I begged and pleaded and please change the covers. I am. I probably should just say, I'll pay you to do it. I don't know. (laughs) But at that point I've given up on that. You know, I'm kind of done with that series now, so it's okay. But I did go real quick. I went to, um, a book club meeting 
And I was telling the story about how it was a shock to me as a new writer that I had zero say in my covers. I, I had no idea before I was published that they don't care what I think. And so I held up this blessed or the meek and I said, yeah, this is, you know, we call this the smelling bad sushi cover. It's just awful. <laughs> and, and the, and the whole book club started laughing like harder than they should. And I thought, Oh, what's going on? And one of the women said, well, we have to confess. We had a meeting about book covers and we held that one up as an example of a bad one. I was like, you're kidding. So Anyway, but that's a tangent. So anyway, uh, my so I self-published it, and and I, let me let's let's take yeah. a step back here. So sure, people who sure. don't know your background, you you've been in the newspaper business as a writer for a long time. So writing yeah. is is something that you're good at. You're a skilled writer. You didn't have to learn to write. Then you were traditionally published, and then you decided to self-publish. Mm -hmm. What were you nervous about when you when you decided to self-publish? Huh. You know, this sounds, I'm just going to be super honest with you. Uh, and this sounds a little bit silly, but I really was worried about what my colleagues mm -hmm. would think about me. I was worried that they would think, you know, oh, Christy, you just couldn't hack it or you didn't make it in traditional publishing. I felt like it would be looked at as a, yep, you, you tried it and you couldn't make it. And I have completely come around 180 degrees where now I think, oh my gosh, why didn't you guys tell me about self-publishing a long time ago? I would have done this instead, <laughs> right? Like I'm completely, I, 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 it was a, it was a mindset where I, mm -hmm. I said goodbye to all of that world. I said goodbye to all the things that don't matter in that world anymore. Cause it can be the crime fiction community can be a little small and clicky. Yes. And what I figured out was the people that really like me as a person or as a writer, they don't care. They don't care where my, what I'm doing. They're just happy if I'm successful. The readers, they definitely don't care how my books get out. They could care less if it's from HarperCollins or from Christy Belcamino publishing. And that was so refreshing and so much freedom. But I, I have to say that was what I was worried about most. I wasn't worried about the ability to put out a good book. I knew mm -hmm. I was going to pay for editing and pay for covers. And, you know, I knew I was going to do it. And you knew you could well do a better could. cover. You could hire someone to and do I a better knew cover. I could, I could do a better cover myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I guess, it, and I feel like there's some people who are, who do, you know, I sort of maybe lost some friendships, but that's okay. I think that's kind of silly. Um, but I'm, completely 100% both feed into the self-publishing world. I'm so, I'm never going back. I'm so excited. I it's, mean, okay. Yeah. So if somebody offered me a billion dollars, sure. I'd take a deal. But other than that, no. <laughs> I re I used to go to a lot of mystery and thriller conferences, mm -hmm. uh, the big ones. And there was such a prejudice against self-publishing and self-published authors that it was, it was just, unseemly almost. And it I wasn't know. everybody, but there was just this sense in the community that we're doing it the right way and you people are doing it the wrong way. And this is a couple of years ago because I stopped going to those conferences because yep. it just yep. was creepy. <laughs> and now I'm going to conferences like 20 books to 50 K in Las Vegas, right, where it's just a right. love fest for, exactly. uh, for indie publishing. And I have to say that there has been I just the, the, like you said, it's just love. It's a love fest. Like the, the amount of support and encouragement 
in the self-publishing community, that 20 books group is phenomenal. I, I can't, I don't know how people can do it. I keep telling everyone about it mm-hmm. and all the podcasts like yours and Joanna Penn's. I mean, there's a couple that I'm just like, yes, I've learned everything and it's wonderful. There's so much good information out there and so many people willing to help. Yeah. That's the amazing thing is you can just ping someone on Facebook and for the most part, everyone is really willing to help. And mm-hmm. it, it just amazes me. You'll see people post blurbs. It's like, I don't think this blurb is right. And there'll be a hundred comments on how to, how to fix the blurb. Exactly. No, taking time I, I out of their day it. to help, help somebody else. It's cool. I have a couple friends that I've had since I met through traditional publishing and I tell them, gosh, why didn't you guys tell me about this? And they're like, yep, we, you know, we were thinking, what are you doing, Christy? You should be with <laughs> us doing this. So. <laughs> All right. So you mentioned the speed with which you were putting books out. And you've also mentioned that you want to scale back a little bit. And it's, so it's not just the Gia series, which, where you've been putting out basically a, a book a month. You've also had you've, – you've released a new book in the Sanctuary City Mysteries and I, two books, I think, in the Gabriella Giovanni Mystery Series in the last six months. So that's a lot of books. Right. And three novellas. I put out um... – Three, this Tommy St. James mysteries. I put out three novellas in December, and um, yeah, I, I I have to say that a, a couple of like the novellas, and then three of the novels were already written, but the rest that the rest I've been I wrote. So okay. yeah, what are you busy? What do you? <laughs> Why the novella length for you? Why is is that something that you enjoy doing? Is it something that you feel brings new readers? Why are you doing it? I like that length. Um, I, I tend to write short anyway. And for some reason, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to go back and try to, to fill up a book if I feel like the story has been told. And I, I do actually think that this is one of the things you were talking about, maybe what was going on. That's one of the things I've really thought about. And I keep hearing um, different reports. I don't know if it's K-Lytics, but anyway, I keep reading that the uh, the longer books are what is really getting traction and selling. So that might be one thing that's, that's hurting the Gia series. And so that's another thing I think I'm going to do a new series next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to go for, uh, you know, probably – full full length novels for it, for every book in that series because I think that might be something people look at and think ah boy that's a pretty short book for what I'm you know what I'm paying so um so I like writing short but I don't think that's going to continue I think I'm pretty much done with the the shorter books at this point all right let's talk about you're writing three different series now um you're talking about a new series what What's your thought process when it comes to launching a new series? When do you when do you decide to wrap up a series? What's your decision making process for going forward with these various series? Sure. So with the Gia series, I I want to do. I'm going to probably uh, take another look at it after I've gone wide and after I've done six in the series. I it seems to me from what I've read that six is the magic number to see if a series is going to take off or not. Uh, really? So I, yeah. I've, I've read it used that to be, I used places. to read all the time that it was three and I would three. hear from people yep. that it was three. Yep. 
And I and I've heard that too, but then I've recently heard that that six is a good point to just reevaluate mm-hmm. whether it's it's taking off or not. So I'm going to do six. So that's only let's see. And I'm doing this Kindle Worlds one, which I don't really count because it's it's a mashup between Gia and this other character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to do one more, and then I'll reevaluate. And if it seems to be doing well, why then I'm definitely open to doing more books. The um, for the Sanctuary City Mysteries, I. I'm not sure whether I will continue that. I was sort of going to see how that one book does. Um, if it takes off at some point, then maybe I'll do another one. I'm actually really excited about the series that I want to write um, next year. And that's a, that's a spinoff of the Gia. It's the, it'll be featuring the, the Queen of Spades. Um, okay, which is a, truly a, an amazing character that came in, I think, book four. Is that right? Mm, I think maybe, th- yeah, maybe three, okay. maybe three right. she yeah. was in Italy, oh, but so I'm, yeah, so I'm really excited to do that series. And what I know what I'll do is I'll give it six books and, and then do the same thing. Um, and if the Gia series is, is doing well and I need to write that next year too, then, then I'll just pick up the production schedule a little bit and go from there. Okay. This is a great point to transition into something that I really want to focus on in this new iteration of the author biz. And that's the idea of a, having a balanced life. You're, you're writing Ooh. a ton right now. You're still writing for newspapers. How do you live your life around all of this stuff? Right. Well, I'm sure one thing that's new to me, um, is, that being self-published is not like being traditionally published where you just write your words and you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, being self-published is running a business. You know, it's being, it's being, it's having your own small business. So it is something that I could do 15 hours a day. There's mm-hmm. always something I could be doing, marketing, formatting, whatever, you know, there's a million things on my to-do list at all times. So I really, I, I think the first couple months I was half insane. So I had to kind of get a grip and figure out that I need to make time for my family because basically that's why I'm doing this. So I can have the freedom to spend time with my family. So I, I stay organized and not overwhelmed by this wonderful app called Todoist. And I love I have Todoist. My, oh, it's, it's, it's changed my life. That sounds so cheesy, but honestly it has because I can look at the, th- I can divvy up all the things I have to do and say, you know what? I did my five things for today. Now the kids are home from school and we have a million things that we're going to do as a family and I've done it and I can turn it off and go about spending time with my family. But in the first couple of months, I remember thinking, I have to go sit and be with my family, but I really have all these things to do. And I, and I was really torn and I didn't know how to handle it because I was very stressed out trying to relax when I thought of all the things I needed to be doing. Um, right now I have a, you know, this book coming out and I have a couple other things. So I'm a little bit, I'm not doing a really good work balance right now, but I also told my family, okay, I kind of got myself in a position right now where for the next couple of weeks, I'm going to probably not be as good about spending time as I should. But for the most part, I think I'm able to maintain that balance. Um, I'm lucky that my kids are teenagers now, so they're in school all day. So basically, I just when they leave, then I go to work, and then when they come home, I'm off work. So, mm-hmm. um, but I definitely am focusing on you know, the the healthy writer stuff. You know, making that balance. I think it's really important. Okay what what have you what are you doing differently now from six months ago or whenever it was when you started self-publishing 
What are you doing differently now in terms of your marketing mix? Oh boy. You know, I really didn't know how to market, um, before for traditionally published. I thought it was hopping on Facebook a couple of times. Um, now I'm studying, uh, advertising. I'm studying AMS ads. I'm mm-hmm. dipping my toes in there a little bit. I don't Facebook ads. I lost my shirt on. I have no idea what I'm doing there. So I'm just backing off until I can take a period of time to study how to do them correctly. Cause I lost a ton of money trying those out. <laughs> Um, I'm also really, really hyper-focused on, um, cultivating, uh, a really, uh, I don't know how to say that, a, uh, a close group of readers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's with that Facebook group that I've created. I want to have a close relationship with these people. I want to get to know them. Um, I'm still, I'm still manipulating that, like how that I can get to know people better where it's not just me, like putting weird things up with no interaction, Um, so I'm focusing on that in my newsletter. I'm trying to just, I'm trying to develop relationships with readers through the Facebook group and my newsletter. And I'm dipping into ads a little bit. I thought ads weren't working. So I turned off all my AMS ads and I saw an immediate result in sales, whether I'm getting a positive return on investment or I'm just breaking even. I have no idea because I just (laughs) not, I just, it's one of the things I need to learn. It's on my to-do list. Let's talk about the Facebook group um, because yes. w- one of the things I think that's interesting about the Facebook group is you created the group. I don't I don't know you personally, but I get the sense of your personality from the Facebook group. And uh, what's the name of the group? Um, crime, uh, crime and cannolis, and or something like yeah. coffee. And so it's it, you know there's there's a sense of this is what I like and this is my group and come in if you like this kind of thing. Right, right. And I'm trying to, I don't exactly know what I'm doing. Um, but I'm trying, I'm trying to develop a closer relationship with people. And um, I, like I said, I don't want it to be a billboard for my thoughts. I want, I want to have more interaction. So I, I'm really working on that. And at first, I thought, well, I only want people who I know really like my books to be in it. And I thought, well, that's kind of dumb. So then I just opened it up to anybody because I didn't, I thought this is what I thought. And I, and as a writer, you can imagine, you can put yourself in my shoes. I thought, well, gosh, I don't want to sit there and talk about my books if people don't really care. So I want people who care to be in the group. (laughs) I I don't want to bore people. I don't want to bore people who are just like, oh, I joined this group and then I have to hear about our books. Yeah, I don't want to bore people who joined a group because they like your writing and they want to hang out with you by talking about what I do. So, so, so I realized, well, I'll just, you know, I, 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 there's no gate, there's no gates, you know, there's no like vetting process. Anybody can be in it. Um, and if they, if they're bored, then they can just leave, I guess. But it is, it's a little bit, it makes me a little bit self-conscious, I guess, talking about like, oh, here's me again. And I don't want it to be like that. So I'm trying to work out a way. I really, I really want to get to know people. And a lot of people, I have a street team and I really feel like I know a lot of them. You know, I'm getting to know them over, you know, the past year. Um, and that's what I want for, for everybody in the group. It's just, um, just figuring out how to do that. And how's that working? How many how many people do you have in the group now? When did you start at first, and how many people do you have now? Hmm, I think I might have to look at how many I have now, but I I think I started it only a couple months ago, um, maybe in January or February. Uh, and it's funny because a lot of people are moving away from groups, but mm-hmm. I oh I have 146 members. Okay. Um, 
and I think a lot of people are moving away from groups, but I really truly believe that, especially with these changes in Facebook, but that, that that's how you interact with your readers is through groups. I think that's the number one way, especially for my readership. My, my readers are on Facebook. They're not, they're not on Twitter. If I wrote nonfiction, you know, I probably would find them more on, on Twitter, but my readers are, they're definitely on Facebook. I know that about them. Okay. What have you, since you've transitioned from traditionally published to self-published, you recognize that you're running a business now and you can't do everything. What was the first thing that you outsourced to someone else or, or maybe you haven't gotten to that point yet? Well, you know, the only things I really outsource are uh, covers and editing. I would love to outsource more items. I would love to hire a, a, a virtual assistant at, at some point or, um, to do what? Know, help me with, help me with advertising, help me with marketing, help mm-hmm. me, you know, I don't know, just guide me. Cause there's a lot of really smart people helping other authors out there. And, and a lot of them have given me, uh, advice for free. Um, I'd love to be able to pay for that one day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, right now I, I pay for covers and I pay for editing, um, because I, I loved that I was edited traditionally and I, I have, I know as a journalist, as a career journalist, that editors only make me better, only make me look better. Um, so yeah, those are the two things. I is there are there other things I should be outsourcing? No, <laughs> so, I'm just I'm asking what you do. List. I'm asking yeah, what you all do. All I do. <laughs> Tell me, maybe there's stuff I should. How did be you doing find your that. editor? Well, so I people I know basically um, uh, a a crime writer friend of mine. Um, is my current editor. He, uh, he, he, I hired him for copy editing and he gave me developmental editing. So I'm like, Oh, I'm going to hire you for developmental editing too. So he's, he's great. And I like that he has a crime fiction background too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just somebody I knew in town. All right. I'm going to hit you with some quick questions. Just give me the, uh, an answer off the top of your head. I've totally stolen this idea from Tim Ferriss and I love it. Oh, I love Tim Ferriss. So what's the last book that you bought to help you with your author business? To help me with my author business. Yes, I am devouring this web copy that sells by Maria Veloso. Really? Really. And so this is just like an an old school writing web copy marketing. It's not for authors. It's just web copy. Right. I don't know if it's old school, but yeah, it's, it's web copy. And I think I'm about halfway through and I think the, what I'm learning, I can apply to my newsletter, Mm -hmm. to my website, to my book blurbs. I just, I'm, I'm taking it very slow and taking notes and, and actually I just don't, I'm just trying to find time to read it. But what I've read so far, I just have it completely marked up and dog eared and Mm -hmm. yeah. Words that sell, everything. I'm learning marketing, basically. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, and that's why I said old school because I mean, it writing is, right. copy, I mean, it used yes. to be writing copy for ads and then it's writing copy for the web and it, it's, it's all the same thing. Oh, and I, just real quick, I did outsource one thing. I just hired Brian Cohen to write the blurb for the Gia, first Gia book and I'm waiting oh, to great. see what he comes great. up with. So maybe he'll save me with a, good, with a good book blurb. So I did outsource that. Okay, good. That 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 will be exciting to see how that goes because I'm the first excited book for the just results. totally. I, I you know this story. Other people don't know this story. I was I bought the book. Maybe I bought. I think I just bought the first book, 
and I was flying out to Las Vegas for 20 books last year for the 20 mm-hmm. books conference. And I read it on the way out and I'm like, oh my God, I love this book. And I'm talking to my friend Bob that I went out with who doesn't read at all and tell him about the book. And he looks at me <laughs> like I'm a moron. Oh. And I get to Las Vegas and I finish the book and woohoo, there was a second book. So I bought the second book and I read it on the way back on the flight. And I get off the plane and I look for the third book and there's no third book. And so I post on Facebook and, you know, one of those really almost like begging kind of things because I knew the third book was coming. There was a pre-order right. out for it. Oh, so right. I tagged you in the post about how much I love the books. I did not say, please send me a copy of the third book because I'm addicted. <laughs> <laughs> but you said it the next day. And that was wonderful. Well, um, yeah, we're, we're friends. We go back. I'm going to send it to you, of course. <laughs> so anyway, the first you book. You made my day. <laughs> the first book is it just has an awesome beginning and it just it just pulled me in and the storyline and Gia just captivated me from that point on. All right, next question I think I already know the answer and I might push you for something other than the obvious here. Oh. Uh, your favorite productivity tool or app. And and let's say you can't use Todoist. Oh. Oh, po- the Pomodoro technique. Okay. How's that? All okay. right. So just so. the technique in general or are you going to a website or did you buy a fancy timer? I just, I just Google and I, whatever one comes up, I use. Okay. All right. And do you do the standard 25 minutes? I do. I do the 25 minutes. Yep. All right. Have you experimented with longer links? No, I have not. I have not with that. Every once in a while uh, I'll have writer friends and we'll say, okay, let's write. We'll be online, you know, and we'll say, let's write until 10 o'clock and Mm -hmm. we'll do, you know, sometimes we'll do a longer stretch that time, but I haven't done that for a while. Okay. I, I, Played around myself, and I found that what was right for me was 40 minutes. Okay. Uh, It's funny the number of people who just don't. They just go with the 25 minutes because that's what it is. It's 25 minutes. I probably would like 40, actually. I think when I've done 40 with my friends, it's been good. Can you get something that I'll – anyway, I'll look for the 40. (laughs) (laughs) We'll call it the Pomodoro Plus. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. If you could magically develop one superpower, what would it be? Oh my gosh. Um, I, I'm stumped. <laughs> oh, one superpower. Oh, how about saving lives? Okay. All right. Good enough. Uh, Christy Belcamino, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for writing books that I love. I've gotten so much enjoyment from your books through the years. Uh, what's the best way for readers to connect with you? Or listeners, I, listeners, oh, since listen. no one's reading this, people are listening. Right, right. Uh, I think the best way to connect with me is um, on my Facebook group. You can find me there. It's it's Crime, Coffee, and Cannoli. And you can find me there every day, frequently. I'm checking in there a lot and also through my newsletter. Um, if they if people sign up for my newsletter, then they can keep tabs on what I'm doing. But yeah, definitely on Facebook. I, I'm there all the time chatting. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will have links to Christy's books, to Christy's Facebook group, to the website, and to the other things that we mentioned on the show at theauthorbiz.com. Thank you so much for listening. Christy, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun, and I'm, I'm just um, I'm thrilled to be on your show, and I'm thrilled that the podcast is back. Woohoo! Me too. And you're the first. <laughs> show after it's I back. I am so honored. I am so honored. <laughs>